1: I want to thank you and welcome you to the podcast. We certainly appreciate each of you tuning in and listening. We are in North Carolina. We're in the midst of our meeting here at the Living Waters Baptist Church in Moxville, North Carolina, and looking forward to what the Lord is going to do this week. We certainly appreciate Pastor Vernon, the folks here, their hospitality, their kindness to us. I am unable to use my sound recording equipment due to a glitch that's going on with travel. So I'm just using an open mic on my laptop. So if you hear children playing in the background, that's my children. If you hear children fighting in the background, that's someone else's children. And so we certainly do appreciate each of you listening, though. We've not been known for our professionalism. I guess we're not going to start now. But what we are known for is preaching the Word of God. We thank the Lord for that privilege. Above all else is to be able to stand and to preach the Word of God to you. I hope this is a help. We'll be tonight here at Living Waters Baptist Church at 6 p.m. And we'll continue through Friday night, each and every night. Uh, that's with Brother John Morgan and myself, each preaching each night, if the Lord wills, And 6 p.m. Their services will be on Facebook, LCBC, I believe it is or Living Waters Baptist Church here in Moxville. You can find that if you need to help find that, contact us. We'll be glad to hook you up with the Facebook address. They're going to be live streaming them. And so we certainly appreciate the Word of God going forth. Services will also be recorded uh, last night and, then of course, tonight throughout the week. They will be available on time.net, either under special meetings or Evangelist Tim McVeigh. I'm not sure where they'll put those, uh, but the services will be on audio file as well. And so, pray for us. Pray the Lord will meet with us here. Certainly, thank the Lord for Brother Morgan for his tremendous message on Sunday, and we'll look forward to what the Lord is going to do the rest of this week. We're back in Matthew chapter twenty again, and we're going to start in verse seventeen where we left off last time. And Jesus going up to Jerusalem took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, "Now, when he says these things, he's trying to instruct them. He's trying to teach them. But as we've taught many times on this podcast." They did not yet have understanding. The word of God was not open to them. They could not see the things that God had revealed to them because their eyes were still blinded. And so when Jesus Christ opened their eyes in Luke 24, he gave them understanding. He had preached himself to them. They saw him in Moses' law. They saw him in the prophets and they saw him in the Psalms. Then they had perfect understanding. I don't believe that's changed. I don't believe a man can have understanding until God himself reveals Uh, to a man, that understanding that only God can give. It is a perfect understanding with the word of God, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with that, being the teacher of those things. And that's what each of us ought to be trying to obtain as far as our Christian life. That's where we need to be spiritually, is filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost teaching us the things that God wants to instruct us in. And he tells them again, yet they still do not believe. That's why Peter denied him. He really didn't understand and believe that he was the Christ. And to they that are shed, he said they that believe shall not be confounded. He That's another place, shall not be ashamed of him. Who's that? Those that believe. And that's why Peter could stand there warming his hands by the fire because he did not believe by faith and understand yet still that he was the Christ of scripture. And salvation identifies him as the Christ of Scripture. A salvation that does not identify him as Christ of Scripture is an antichrist salvation. It's a spirit of error. And that's that spirit that's come into the world. And yet there's folks today that say, well, you know, that's not what that means. You know, we have a New Testament and that's what God's given us. We have understanding those things. When the Apostle Paul said he died according to the Scriptures, the Gospels had not yet been written. Uh, Paul was not walking around containing the Gospels of Christ in scrolls. He didn't have a backpack full of all these scrolls he could roll out with the Gospel of Christ. And he didn't have his own epistles yet. The book of Acts had not yet been written yet. He certainly didn't have Peter's books, certainly didn't have John's books or Revelation. So when he says he died according to the Scriptures, what Scriptures is he speaking of? He's speaking of the Old Testament. That is the Christ uh, of of the Bible, is the Christ of the Old Testament. And then the new is the fulfillment of those things. It is a surety of a better testament. It is a better hope. It's built on better promises. That's the word of God. And so we know that. And yet the reality is when he speaks of scriptures, he's speaking of himself in the Old Testament. And he's revealing to his disciples what's going to take place. And he said, behold, we go up to Jerusalem and the son of man shall be betrayed under the chief priests and unto the scribes and they shall condemn him to death. And he's speaking of himself. So he tells them, this is what's going to take place. This is this is no uncertain terms. This is what's going to happen. That's why in another place we'd read, we told Peter to get thee behind me, Satan. He doesn't understand the things that be of God because Peter's ready to fight. That's why, again, even if we go to the garden, Malchus the, it has his servant's ear cut off. Why? Because Peter's standing with a sword because he just doesn't believe that Christ needs to suffer these things. A lot of carnal folks that way today with the saints of God, they don't believe they need to suffer. And they don't believe that they need to be involved in suffering. Therefore, they do everything they can try to help people not to suffer. But the reality of it is whatever we suffer with him, we'll also reign with him. And suffering is of a benefit to us. And I'm speaking from experience. I'm also speaking with fear and trembling. Because I don't enjoy suffering. I don't long for suffering. I don't pray for suffering. I don't look for suffering. However, suffering is what helps me grow. Suffering is the, one of the greatest teachers I've ever had. And therefore, we don't relieve people of that. That's his disciples, in their carnality and in the weakness, the frailty of their flesh, they don't want him to suffer. They don't want him to be betrayed. They don't want him to have to die. And he says, I shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. I can imagine you have a dear brother you love so much. And he comes to you one day and says, I'm going to be delivered to the Gentiles. They're going to kill me and slay me. And every instinct in me is be like, well, let's do what we can to protect that. Let's load our guns. Let's get our 45 ACP. Uh, let's slam some shells in it, get three extra clips. Uh, let's go get the eight millimeter Mauser with a scope. Let's have somebody staked out on the hill. We're going to prevent this from happening. That's typical carnal people mindset. We fight battles that really don't. Uh, don't belong to us, they're not ours to fight, God's going to fight this battle, God's going to commit his son to them, God is going to turn him over to them. Why? Because it's the will of God, it's the perfect will of God that he go to the cross, be turned over to the Gentiles, be condemned to die, and then be taken to the cross and crucified. And that is the power of God. They don't understand this yet. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? She saith unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, You know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I should be baptized with? They said to him, We are able. What is that cup he drinks of? It's that cup of death. What is the baptism that's offered him? It's the baptism unto death. It's a baptism of fire. It's a baptism of the offering of his soul. And he said, are you able to do this? They said, oh, we're able to do this. And he said to them, you shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And by the way, they're going to do that in Christ, not outside of him in Christ. You and I also drank that same cup if we're saved. We've been baptized with that same baptism if we've been saved, not outside of him, but in him. We've been baptized with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. When he was buried with baptism, I was baptized with him. When he was raised, I was raised with him. When he went into the flames of hell, I went down with him. When he came out of that baptism of fire, I came out with him. I am crucified with Christ. I am dead with Christ. I've been reckoned dead Amen. My sins have been reckoned to be dead. Therefore, because I am in Christ, he's made me a new creature. That's the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, but to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And so we understand who's going to be on the right, who's going to be on the left of Jesus Christ, because the father's already given that to Jesus Christ. That's already been planned. That's already been prepared. He says, been prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And so these things of authority are not seats of position. They still have the old Pharisee mindset, the chiefest seat, the best seat. There's still folks like that. I know people in ministry today, and especially young, cocky preachers, they got the mindset that they belong in a better place. They always have the mindset that I'm the one that's supposed to preach. I have the message. And I remember as a young, snot-nosed evangelist in my 30s, and I remember sitting at a table with these men of God and being cowed to say something. I'd be almost terrified to speak. I just wanted to glean from them and listen to them. And I'd watch some other cocky young evangelist and he'd spout off the little thing he learned in Sunday school about 25 years ago and tried to impress them with his wisdom and all his ideals and all his opinions. And, you know, the mark of maturity is when you just learn to keep your mouth shut. You still have to be quiet, do your own business. And yet there's those that cannot. They're going to tell you what they know and what they've learned. And, and the funny thing is they could learn if they'd learn to shut their mouth, but they can't shut their mouth so they don't learn anything. And therefore, they're they're stunted in their growth because they sh- they can't shut up, and that's where we are in the Word of God. He deals with that matter right here. They want a position. They want to be seen. They want. I remember the times of sitting there, and I had a young man many years ago, and he just said to me, he "Said Brother McVeigh, I go to these meetings. I go to camp meetings where they call preachers from the floor, and they never call on me to preach." He said, "I've surrendered to preach. I'm full time, you know, teaching Sunday school at my church. I work a job." He said, but I'm a God-called preacher, and these guys never let me preach. And I just flat out told him, and he got kind of offended with me. I said, brother, when you go full-time in ministry and surrender, I said, the man is most liable to use you. And I said, but preachers in the church, especially down south at that time in the meeting circles, and this is what I said, and he got offended. But I, he, I said, preachers are a dime a dozen sitting in churches that don't have faith to go out there and just take the word of God and go somewhere and preach it. And I said, these men know that. And I said, God knows that. So if he is a spiritual man moderating the service and he doesn't put you up to preach, know that God wants you to live by faith. And really, I didn't say this, but the problem is when you're young and idealistic and you have the message, it's probably popcorn message. It's just going to blow up and smell good for a little bit and be kind of salty and it's going to go away. You're going to be empty when you're done because that's what novices preach. They preach a lot of popcorn messages. I've been there. I've lived there. I still live. I still preach messages that have no meat to them. They just fluff up. They got a little bit of taste to them. And then the hour later, everybody's starving again. It's called a popcorn message. That's what's being preached today. A steady diet of that. A lot of places they go. And therefore, a novice gets up there, preaches this popcorn message. But he's going to woo people. And he wants position. He wants a seat. And that's what the disciples are position seats, the mother's asking, of course, well, I want my boys to sit on your right hand on your left hand. It's not his to give for one thing, but also that's not the, that's not the way the kingdom of God is. We've learned that according to scripture. That's not the way God operates. God doesn't make you a choice. If you want to be in a high seat, be the minister. And not only do you be a minister, he said, let him be your minister. You want to be great, be a minister he said, whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. That's the word of God. And so if you want that position, you better be a servant. That means you wait on others. You don't sit there waiting for somebody to give you a position, and give you a place. And, you know, I had nursing home ministries handed to me, but I found out later nobody wanted to do them. And I I was honored to let me preach the nursing home. I thought it was a wonderful thing. But then I learned all these preacher boys sit in our church, I think it was nine of us at one point, and I couldn't get one of them to fill in the nursing home. Turns out they didn't want to preach. And by the way, only two of us are in ministry today. And that's a shame. That's said, I thank God for his mercy. Thank God that he's allowed me to be in the ministry today, some uh, almost 20 years later. But those men, they wouldn't preach at the nursing home. I tried to get them to go to the streets. They wouldn't preach on the streets. When the pastor has to fill in a Sunday night, oh my that was just kind of the, the great crudula creme. That was the cream on top of the ice cream. Oh, my. I get to preach on a Sunday night, a typical novice. Oh, my. It's just a mindset of I need to be heard and I need to be seen and people will listen to me. But you realize that wears off. It's kind of cute at first when you're a young preacher and everybody likes you because you're the young preacher. You just get in the, you start preaching something. You actually start telling the truth to people. You start preaching the doctrine of repentance, you'll find out real quick they're not on board with you. You'll lose popularity real fast. You'll lose popularity amongst the other preachers. You'll certainly lose popularity amongst your peers that preach because they're going to find fault with everything you say and everything you do. They're going to tear you to pieces. Why? With jealousies, envy. That's why a novice cannot go into the ministry In the the bishopric, he cannot be a bishop. He cannot sit in that position of a bishop. He cannot explain the doctrines of the church. If he's a novice, he'll be puffed up with pride and fall into the condemnation of the devil. What is that condemnation? To think I've done something. To think I've done something worthy. How, How can I be caught up in the condemnation of the devil in evangelism to think that I did this? See somebody get saved, see your families get saved, lives change. And somehow in my thinking, you think I've done this, I've had a part in this. It was my preaching. No, it's the work of God. Therefore, neither he that planteth nor he that watereth is anything, but God that giveth the increase. So if you want to be a chief, first thing you gotta do is be a servant. And if you want to be great, you gotta be a minister. And then he said, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So if you want to be the chief, why don't you go lay down your life? You want to be in a position, why don't you go lay down your life? You want promotion from within, go lay down your life. Uh, You want to be seen of men, go lay down your life. You'll probably make the front page of the paper. A lot of martyrs still make the front page of the paper, but you know it's not going to bring you any glory in this side of eternity if you're martyred for the cause of Christ. And so if you're looking for that glory, you're in trouble because you're going to be dead. And chances are you be dead in 20 years from now. Nobody's even going to care. That's just the reality. Why? Because your servant doesn't care about the accolades. A servant doesn't care about promotion. A servant doesn't care if others see his servitude. He does it to be a servant. And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. That's our exhortation for today. We'll finish out the chapter and probably start chapter 21 tomorrow. Have a great day.
0: There is a lost soul who started the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting.
1: You have been listening Without to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McBay. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists 17006 Thank you for listening and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow and remember to look up for your redemption for all at night.
0: See